Hello and welcome to The Point of Everything. Today on the show is Wen Young, aka Aoife Power and Andrew Flood, who have just released their second album, Paragon Songs, the follow-up to Reasons to Dream. This song is called Rubik's Cube. Wen Young's biggest song to date is probably Given Up off the 2018 EP of the same name but in a compelling move they've added dark synths to their sound since then. Nick Cave, who I saw them support in Kilmainham in 2018, seems to have been a particular influence in that regard. The press release for the new album says Paragon Songs is an exploratory journey through the dark depths of self-criticism rises into an ambition for a change and a desire to welcome healing and self-love. It's a self-help and rite of passage album. That album was written between a cottage in County Clare on the west coast and in a flat on a street called Paragon on the east coast of England. Eva says that every step is a new time in your existence and noting it down marks it, celebrates it and reveals you to yourself. These lyrics represent who I am right now or who I've been in the past year or two. My intention is to like myself and be kinder to myself. And so I can only present myself in the state that I am currently in, which is healing, not healed. Since that debut album, I should say, Aoife and Andrew have got married and musically they are no longer with the major label Universal, releasing Paragon songs on the indie label Anti-Fragile Music instead. And as you'll hear in the course of our chat, they're no longer based in the UK where they've been for the past few years. I caught them literally in transit on their way out west, having just moved from England. We talk about all this and more in our chat, but before we get to it, I will give you the tour dates. Quen Young have a lot of them coming up in the next month. They're playing in Glasgow tonight in McQuill's. They're in the Yes Pink Room in Manchester on the 14th of April. They're in Nottingham's Bodega on the 15th of April. The Louisiana in Bristol on the 17th. O'Meara in London on the 18th. And then in Ireland, they're in Dolan's in Limerick on April 20th. Connolly's of Lep up Cork on April 21st. Roisin Dublin Galway on April 22nd. Whelan's in Dublin April 23rd and the Spirit Store in Dundalk on April 25th. Here's Aoife and Andrew from Wen Young on The Point of Everything. And again, fair play to them for doing this chat while moving house and moving country. They literally 
got the ferry with all their stuff the day before we chatted and we're getting ready to head out west. I thought of you as London-based Irish band, but now you've moved back to Ireland. What prompted the decision? Was it an easy enough one to make? Um, well, we're, a- we're actually going to live in Clare, but we're just staying overnight at my sister's Um because we got the ferry yesterday with all our stuff. We're literally fresh off the ferry. I suppose we just wanted to be an Irish-based Irish band again. <laughs> like you're, yeah. ju- you're just a band then. <laughs> it's, a, it's a heavy, heavy cross to bear that, like you know, that London-based uh, prefix. <laughs> Why are you moving back to Clare? Or moving back to Clare? Moving to Clare? Um, yeah. Well, Andrew's from Clare. I'm from Limerick. Um, we had been thinking about it for a long time. Uh, we were in the UK for like eleven, like ten years, yeah, yeah, like yeah. so a long time. And um, I guess, yeah, it just felt like a, like the right time to do it. I suppose it was always something we w- we were going to do, um, and it felt like yeah. I suppose it felt like we'd given we'd given London and I suppose the UK music scene enough of our time and I think <laughs> and we needed to show some love back to Ireland I think but it felt like we didn't necessarily need to be there to be I think before yeah. well we started the band there so it was just like what we were used to and then um after the pandemic it, it didn't feel like it was a necessity to actually be there to operate yeah so definitely. we were able to just yeah, do what we want. I mean, we always could have done that. I think it was just like. Well, yeah, I think for a lot of people, though, that the pandemic kind of made you realize your your worth and your value, and actually where what you need to prioritize. I suppose. I'm still surprised that there are so many acts who do end up moving even from Ireland over to London. Though, I mean, yeah. like, did did it feel like you had to be there at the start of when younger, like five years ago, when the first when you were starting to take off a little bit? That like, oh, we kind of have to be in London just for the breaks, I suppose. I think, I yeah, it's hard to know because we did start the band there, and maybe we could have had like that kind of look in like Ireland as well but we did end up meeting the right people who helped us like get a record deal and a publishing deal and all this kind of stuff um I suppose there's a lot of opportunity for socializing which is a lot about networking we'll call it networking networking networking. networking slash socializing which really helps when you're in like the entertainment it does yeah and probably all business but um but I think there are opportunities for that here too we just haven't really ever like been a part of that so um. yeah but I do I do think in those early stages of us um you know forming it it did feel like we kind of there did feel like there was a pressure for us to be there like be in the heart of it and to try and make something of it I think yeah I still feel like that even in terms of like away from Dublin, the bands in Galway, maybe even Clare and Limerick as well and Cork, maybe feel like, oh, do we need to be in Dublin because yeah. all of the touring bands are coming to Dublin and maybe we get a support slot there. So even in Ireland, you get to see that. But uh, it's interesting. Are you excited about moving home? Yeah, we're really excited. I think we're kind of like scared as like uh, it's a big change. But Yeah, we're going to be like the, the outsiders coming back. You yeah. Know, like... <laughs> 
the fancy people coming back from London. Yeah, but, um, <laughs> but no, we're, yeah, we're very excited. Yeah, we are really excited. Yeah. And to be closer to family and like, like friends and yeah. I mean, like we, we did, it was a big decision. Like we have a lot of friends, like close friends in London and um, saying goodbye to them is like difficult, but then, yeah, I don't know. You have but to- like, yeah, like Shannon Airport's still down the road. We'll still be doing plenty mm. of trips over for yeah various, you know, gigs and songwriting work and stuff. So, yeah. you know, it's not, it won't be, hopefully it won't be as big a change as we're, worrying it might be yeah. yeah i'm just thinking of your move though if, if you just got the ferry over yesterday and you're traveling on to claire i'm just thinking of like how much stuff do you have because i moved from court to dublin a couple of years ago and it was like oh my god where did i accumulate all of yeah. this uh stuff so like you guys in a band it must just be like where did all these instruments come from where did all this all these records come yeah, from we, got, we had to get rid of a lot of stuff we got rid of a lot of stuff and it it's actually it is a really nice cleansing experience doing that but it's uh time consuming and uh yeah I, like i can't believe some of the stuff we'd hold, held on to over the years but um we it, have, does, it does feel great though to yeah to cleanse but, but also we we tacked tactfully we have we have our tour our uk and ireland tour next month where we're, we're gonna have a tour van so we've left some some our gear is still in storage in london yeah. so that will be coming back when we're doing the tour yeah. very <laughs> tactical maybe some interesting merch or something for each venue yeah. that you know you you get rid of something every night <laughs> yeah yeah we'll be signing we'll be signing kettles and uh toasters and uh yeah various I hope, I hope no thieves are listening because oh yeah they track our van all our life possessions a kettle eh <laughs> yeah <laughs> the press release says that it was split the writing of the new record in the west of Ar- in a cottage in the west of ireland in clare and in east england am i right in thinking that that's where you're moving back to so like that kind of place of creativity already yeah yeah exactly that's, that's where we'll be going to temporarily i think we're quite open we'll we'll just see like where um we want to end up in ireland we're quite open to like move anywhere in ireland but um for the moment we're just going to be based there until we sort ourselves out (laughs) yeah so when when we were the reason we did a lot of writing there was kind of it was kind of pandemic in induced in that um you know at that time when if you wanted to travel you kind of had to be in a bubble and you kind of had to do your two weeks of um god what do we even call it your two weeks of isolation um so a lot of our writing were done in these kind of three two three week chunks which was actually really really good and helpful for the process of actually writing the album yeah so was it done in kind of a condensed amount of time fairly condensed in that like a few of the songs were songs that we kind of had with us for a few years but in general the the bulk of the songs came within a condensed time period kind of of that um i guess early stages of the pandemic it was like early 2020 yeah like at the end of 2019 we had decided that 2020 like for the first few months we were gonna like um just write and um yeah and then obviously in march things shut down so then we had like way more time to write um which was 
a blessing and a curse. You say that Paragon Songs is an exploratory journey through the dark depths of self-criticism, rises into an ambition for change and a desire to welcome healing and self-love, that it's a self-help and a rite of passage album. When did that theme emerge for you that that's what you wanted the second album to be about? I guess that's for you, Aoife, I'm guessing that you do most of the lyrics, all of the lyrics? Yeah, yeah, like um, mostly all of the lyrics. I think, yeah, at that same, at the end of 2019, I was totally, I kind of probably a bit like burnt out from touring and a little bit, um, we'd had a bit of a rough ride with like various things and um, I really couldn't wait to just like write because like to sit down and um, have that time felt like a good opportunity to like go through lots of things that like I hadn't been able to go through in my brain while we were like just so busy the previous year or the previous few years really being in Ramsgate which we had just moved to which was really quiet and by the sea and didn't really know anyone there and then being in Clare where it was quite isolated I just had like so much time to like think and um like release lots of like anxiety and kind of understand what was going on in my in my crazy brain yeah <laughs> <laughs> and what about you Andrew do you feed into the lyrics as well do you kind of act as almost uh you know for Aoife to bounce off of these lyrics I'm I'm the I'm the editor yeah <laughs> no no yeah I mean it in some senses it it does be it does become collaborative but um I kind of always leave that to Aoife for it to gestate with Aoife and we kind of work on it from there. The way we write is is generally in that we work on melody first, and then kind of build build the flesh of the song around the melodic bones, if you will. And then you kind of get a, a sense, or well, Aoife will get a sense then of what feeling and, and emotion the song has, and what is what's coming forth, kind of lyrically, what ideas are coming forth. But yeah, in in the end, it's a collaborative process. But yeah, that's kind of the way it works. And were you feeling the same kind of weight of the past few years, like when coming into the writing of this album as well, Andrew? Uh, yeah, I suppose for me, it was maybe a bit more subconscious um, in that I didn't. Andrew's an optimist. <laughs> <laughs> maybe I didn't I didn't realize as much um, until until things slowed down. Um Maybe even like in, I didn't realize until retrospect and that until the album was finished in a way. I think I probably didn't realize exactly what was going on as well until the whole collection of songs was finished. Then you can look back and kind of realize what you were talking about. Yeah, because like when you write an album, it's never it's never just this the songs that make the cut. You know, there's there's normally about three times that amount of songs that get at least get demoed sometimes even recorded like we actually recorded like 18 songs as part of this album so that we probably will release more at some stage but it kind of takes a while for it to become cohesive and for you to understand that the themes coming through and to kind of and, and also sonically to realize what what the kind of sonic palette is compare and contrast the debut album and this new album does it feel darker to you or does it feel because maybe maybe it acts as a bit of a catharsis for you in particular Aoife does it feel like uh more of a brighter album almost 
I think it does because I think it led to a much brighter place. Like I feel like so much happier now after I like I'm, maybe it's not after just writing it, but it, it, like in a way, like it sounds silly, but I guess in a way it is because I like by writing it understood myself. It's kind of like going to therapy or something. Because at the same time as writing it, I was doing all this other like work on myself. So I, I feel like it might not just be in the lyrics, but it's in the like sentiment of the melodies and just the whole kind of experience of the album. For me, it's like a, this healing time. And um, yeah, I, I don't see it as dark, even though like some of the songs on it are probably broodier. Um, but I don't see it that way because there are some songs on it that are. Yeah. the complete opposite the real like nurturing songs I, th- I, th- I would say maybe rather than a case of light and dark it's that maybe the first album was more naive and maybe this one's a bit more mature okay uh we might talk through some of the tracks uh in a little bit but maybe just sticking with that kind of first album that whole period like it did feel like there was a bit of hype behind you you know like i mean i saw you guys supporting uh nick cave and patty smith i think wasn't it in kilmainham and you also got to do loads of other great stuff and it felt like there was a real wave behind you like did you feel that as well and was it a good thing is that kind of what you're talking about in terms of reassessing back in 2019 um yeah we were i think we were lucky we had a lot of um really amazing experiences and we felt very like privileged to be able to support like people like Nick Cave and like that was really dreamy I don't know it's kind of hard to remember exactly what was going on because it is a good few years ago and we were kind of still like riding a high at the end of 2019 like we still we had been supporting the Libertines and which is kind of like not necessarily my teenage dream but you and Niall's teenage <laughs> yeah Niall, Niall was still in um, the band then so I think that was yeah. that was a big one for him I was kind of yeah not really enjoying that so much <laughs> but uh we we can talk about the libertines if, if you want we can go on a, <laughs> on a quick five minute tangent if you want there andrew great songwriters like they're they're really brilliant it was just like it was quite like an intense audience of um oh yeah men throwing beer and i was just like i don't i don't think it was the right audience for us somehow it felt kind of like intimidating or something <laughs> So, yeah, you mentioned that you've lost a member. Was that an amicable thing? Was it an okay thing? Did it make you, again, reassess things as a band? Yeah, I mean, yeah, it was an amicable thing. Niall has, like, gone to study um, psychology and he really wanted to do that. Um, He had, like, after school, he had, like, gone straight into a band and just like always played music and he really wanted to like go back and study and like he's our childhood friend he'll always be our best friend but it, like yeah it was really difficult for us as yeah well it was a huge it. change it was yeah. like a, a breakup basically but he was like he was involved in in the making of the record so mm. yeah it's it's kind of a weird one because he was involved but he's not now but we're still great friends you know mm. um but there was a lot of change like now leaving like we went we went through man- different managers, mm. label changes, mm. agent changes, like literally everything that could have changed changed for us in mm. um over the last couple of years. Yeah, there was a lot of like stressful times where we were like, "What the hell is going on?" Like just everything changed for us. Yeah, and I mean, I, like I'm sure our cases 
no different to so many yeah. other bands and musicians over the last year or two. But yeah, strange, definitely a strange time, but mm. we're still here and we're still doing it. So, yeah. <laughs> Are some of those changes forced or some of them stuff that you wanted to change yourselves? No, like... Um, uh, you don't want to get into it again? No, we, like we don't mind getting into it. I think like yeah, our label like dropped us. So that was really difficult. But at the same time, when you're with a major label, I think you always expect that to happen. As at least we did. We were we were like we weren't naive about it. We were like we're so lucky to be signed to this major label and to have this amazing opportunity. And then like the person who signed us left, and that kind of seems to be a pattern with artists. That if the person who, if you're not Taylor Swift or whatever, and making shitloads of money for them, like they're like goodbye. So yeah, that but was that, that was actually okay. That like, was actually okay because we were like, look, that was a brilliant opportunity and then i, I suppose in music it's like it's there is there is a great importance of having a good team around you having the right people around you to make it all work mm. um and when you have that it's very important to hold on to it it's like it's definitely a treasured thing yeah um and i suppose we just had a few cases where we didn't have the right people with us i yeah. suppose it's never been it's never been anything between us as a group and a band when we were a trio and when we're now a duo we have full confidence in ourselves and the music we make and stuff just sometimes there's these things outside your control that unfortunately mm. kind of power of your path to a certain extent and I guess that's just the nature of the music industry yeah and I think like in the beginning when you were saying like we had a bit of hype we were like a sweet little moment we had everything we had a brilliant team around us and all the dots were connected and then you know things change and like whatever and it just started to like loosen up and change a bit but like yeah I think we just um roll with the punches <laughs> yeah so play the advice game again whether you tell bands to move to London would you tell a, a young band maybe just starting out if a major label comes calling to go with them just like ride the journey and as long as it lasts we may never had have had an indie label come knocking. So we were just super lucky that when like a major label came knocking. It's so hard to get into music and uh like at least like it was definitely I think hard as, for us. if if as long as you understand the relationship for what it is. Yeah. Um and like, you know, don't trust anyone. <laughs> yeah, basically you do you do have to be like really cynical. Yeah, you you do you have to like yeah you ha you have to have someone on board with you who is that kind of business <laughs> head mm. because like most musicians aren't most musicians are just sensitive souls who yeah. who are willing to be take taken advantage of. Yeah. Um, but no, I I wouldn't I would yeah. encourage anyone to take any opportunity as long as Obviously. as long as they realize what what they're getting into, you know. Yeah, because like because we we don't we despite all the changes and things that we actually yeah. don't regret anything. No. You know, we're here where we are, and like we have an album coming out that we're really still really proud of, and yeah, you know, we've still got a future as when young. So yeah, hey ho. Yeah, and like we like when we were with that label, they were really supportive. And yeah, it, so it was it great. Just, yeah. It was just unlucky that it changed. So yeah, no, I would encourage people if they got that opportunity to 
go with it but also just make sure you have a good lawyer and all that kind of stuff <laughs> <laughs> album is called paragon songs it sounds great let's talk through some of the uh tracks we'll start with the opener shame train which does sound quite close to that overall theme that you have going for the album of kind of the self-criticism self uh realization was it always going to be the opener because it really kind of sets sets the tone i suppose for what's to follow doesn't it it was the first we recorded uh so we it it wasn't the first we wrote but it was the first first song we recorded yeah Mm. So I think in that way, it set the tone. And so we recorded it in Wales with this producer, Gethin Pearson. And we were kind of like testing the waters with each other, like seeing if the relationship would work and like if we if we thought he could make it sound the way we wanted it to sound. And then like he produced that and we just loved it. So we decided to continue. And yeah, I think it's a very varied album that's probably like the heaviest track most like in a way similar to the previous album because it's more like guitar like actual like rock (laughs) kind of and the rest is more varied like with more electronic kind of i would say like a little bit more poppy but yeah definitely set the tone sorry i'm wrong did the sounds come easy for this one and, and how does it work is, is it very much a collaborative affair the actual uh, music side of it for for this one uh, the, we had the demo in a pretty pretty strong position in that we, we didn't actually we didn't actually sway too far from the demo it was more just about refining the songs the um sense. sorry the sounds um so yeah, we kind of all had our parts and then, it, yeah, it was about refining and like a lot of those sounds were actually sounds that we had in the demo and we were like, there's something kind of magic about that sound that we got from like, there was like pots and pans and stuff that we'd thrown in. And there was just, yeah, sometimes there's some magic in the demo that you had and actually end up keeping in the final recording. But then we, we you know, it was about getting in the room and recording, you know, some big drum sounds there's some like really gnarly guitar sounds in there and obviously the vo- the vocals are great as well yeah great um, vocals <laughs> did you have any like particular influences or touchstones that you were going for yeah we were so like those kind of industrial sounds we were listening to like suicide and we were like oh i really like the yeah the clattering kind of like almost sounds like you're in like 
an abattoirs and things some of the time, like those kind of sounds. And um, there's a band called Tuxedo Moon, and they had, yeah, amazing like sounds that we were really inspired by. Um, but I remember that that song first came about from I was playing with this um, bass synth sound, and I put a tremolo on it, and it created this like. Like if you listen to the track, you can hear it from the intro. It's like a chugga 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 kind of sound, and I think that kind of sparked this whole driving theme mm. and this like train feeling. Kind of sounds like a circus or something. Yeah, like a weird like. And then triangle. yeah, it made sense that as an opener, the shame train getting on board for the rest of the album. Mm. Um, the second track and another single from the album is called Rubik's Cube. A question that I have to ask, are you fans of Rubik's Cube? Do you complete them or is it just like you're going in a different direction with a title like that? I remember getting one in my stocking for Christmas when I was a child and never being able to complete it. Like I would actually, we should probably get a Rubik's Cube. Yeah, um, none of when young can complete a Rubik's Cube. That's some good merch right there. Yeah, yeah. That's why we were so frustrated with Rubik's Cubes that we decided to write a song. About. <laughs> <laughs> okay, yeah, I've never completed one anyway, but I just I just had to ask, just had to um, find that out. Uh, one of the lyrics that I was quite taken by Aoife is all these words are pep talks to myself. Like we talked a little bit about the writing of this um, album a little bit earlier, but has it always felt like that, the lyrics? Like even going back to when you started out writing or is it something that you just developed that this is what you want your writing to be for or to be about? No, it's always been like that. I mean, sometimes when I look back at some of the lyrics, even on like the first album, I'm like, don't really know like exactly what that was about. Or like maybe it was like a story um like a bit of a narrative but in general um yeah the songs are pep talks <laughs> I like to help and myself and to kind of like work things out in my brain I love the change in pace in the track ghost uh real just kind of like it, things switch almost li like you're almost driving or something and you just like accelerate mm -hmm. away tell me about making that song so that I remember you started that yeah I think I started on like garage band on my laptop I'm not very good at you, but you, you started with that that opening rhythm that like dum, do, 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 dum. oh yeah it started with that and then you were kind of doing these wavering melodies over it and then I think I remember saying it's so dark and minor in the verse it would be cool if it just completely like blew open in the chorus and became this like juxtaposition, this like huge opening chorus. And I think we got that. And I had we used this like Roland string synth, which has the top line uh, riff on it, and it just kind of sounds like church. It's like a church like kind of string sound, which I loved. Yeah, that felt like kind of like a play, mm -hmm. like um, that was. It was still like in the theme of. Yeah, like emotional stuff, but um, the whole start and like I was very much like picturing it in my head as like a scene. Yeah. When we were recording the tracks in, in the studio, we it was Gethin's idea, actually, the producer to 
we would compile a series of of image references and we we printed them out and pinned them up all around the room so that through the process of writing the song we kept responding to these images that were the initial kind of idea and themes of the song it was pretty fun <laughs> yeah 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 that sounds like a really interesting way to write were there, were there any more tracks like that or was it just like for that particular song we did it for all the tracks we oh, would wow. yeah and then that, that that in turn kind of in in turn helped kind of informed you know post album the, the the kind of visual theme and the the color palettes and yeah it's, it's a really good thing to do when you're creating something to have visual imagery to help you at those moments when you're when you're stuck or unsure it's always good to have something to reference back to a little piece of heaven continuing our journey through the album i think that this was the first single off yeah. the track your first music in a couple of years why did you decide that this was going to be the first music that you put out since since pre-pandemic felt like change we hadn't really released something with that kind of pace before and it felt like a nice steady introduction like we could we were kind of it was a toss-up between that and shame train and shame train was like bang but like like we're we're back and then um because we wanted to release a good few singles on the album we kind of just wanted to like slower the pace the streets are pebble dust mares know them like the back of my hand back then when they made a great sound the noises of joy and then the shrieks and sobs of children at war the freedom never gave up and if you had the face of a street angel you could have your first cigarette and drink and kiss in peace and all of these things that i was so hasty to do i'd rather have skipped it and not have to tend to the sting tend to the bite of my mind time after time bandaged back up and prepared for a fight probably one of our favorite songs on it as well yeah. it's it's really hard like working out that that kind of release plan and track listing thing i find that that part of things so difficult because mm. you you really just you you don't know what track is going to connect and day to day my preferred track on the album changes so never really know but we made i i personally think we made a class music video for that track um <laughs> just with and we just did it with a friend of ours. You know, it was just the three of us and another friend helping out. And it, ju it just felt like a lovely, a lovely opener for this next stage of Wenyong. Is this the video where you're in, in a building uh, and wearing the white dress? Is that it? No? That's that shame train. For th this video, we, had, we were in like a wheat field. And then 
in the in the bridge section we were uh, I don't know if you've seen it but in the bridge section we were out in the ocean on a floating bed yes yeah, so we had this idea we were like do you think we could like push like a bed out into the ocean and like get drone footage and so we we got a double double air mattress and we dressed it up like a bed and we got on top of it and paddled ourselves out and our friend Luke flew a drone over us that wow. was the most luxurious experience just like on a lilo in the sea yeah <laughs> so nice you got to be careful of those inflatables though if the wind blows wrong you're gone it was yes. a, it was a very calm evening <laughs> and we used yeah we we made sure to crop the uh yeah the image correctly so you can't see any of the shore <laughs> <laughs> great well that's what i'm gonna look up as soon as uh we finish chatting this morning i only have another few questions to go another few tracks to go shed my skin again it almost feels like a diary entry very personal did you have any hesitation about sharing it being so personal and sharing that is it something that you actually talked about that actually my dad like keeps a diary and he told me one time he was like oh, I found a diary entry from when you left to go to London and I knew I knew you wouldn't be back and so he dropped me off the train station in Limerick and he was like he he turned away he couldn't look at me because he was like I know she won't be back and so like that kind of broke my heart and then I was like oh I'll, I'll write this song but it's kind of like like a love song to London because like in the early days of us moving there it was like the most exciting thing in the world but then also like the sadness of leaving family and something that you also love behind i think when you're when you're writing songs as well you, you're not really thinking of it being heard being heard like, yeah, but you're also like yeah you just have to. you know like 75 percent, even maybe higher 90 percent of songs you write actually don't necessarily make it to that stage so you can never really think that way in that way. I think you just have to let it flow and hope you don't mortify yourself. <laughs> and finally, the last song is called Gone Anim. And I guess it continues that that idea. It kind of feels a little bit wistful. Tell me about uh, this track, why, why it's in Irish, why it means with, without name. Yeah, so when I was younger, we would... Um, I played the fiddle and my sister played the fiddle and my dad played the like banjo and we would like um, play songs together on Friday nights and um, there's this book um, Matt Cranich so it's like the fiddle music of Ireland I think it's called and and it's orange and um, and like a lot of Irish songs like you know they don't have names so they're called Gone Anim. I think it was just kind of based on that memory. It's like a nice memory of, and I was thinking of the song, um, Who Knows Where the Time Goes by um, Sandy Denny and uh, Fairport Convention. I love that song. It's like one of my favorite songs. And I was trying to create a song um, or like a similar theme of like um, the passing of time and like how do the days go by so fast? And, yeah memories <laughs> great and so overall how are you feeling uh, about the album i think you said earlier that you're already proud of it so is that is that generally how you how you feel that like oh it's a it's a great album it's what we wanted to do yeah i think we're really proud of it and it's funny with albums because like they just they mark a, or like with any art it marks a time in your life and obviously you don't know how it's going to be received but 
it kind of doesn't matter in a way. Obviously, like people want like we'd like it to be well received, but if it's not, it doesn't really matter because that was us at that time. And luckily, um, we're continuing to make music and write more, and hopefully, we'll develop and um. Yeah, I'm 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 really proud of it because it's yeah. it it is like Eva said it is that that time and it's what we wrote and you know it's the last album that I've done with Niall yeah. and you know yeah it's a nice um mark in the sand and if if we were to release write and release an album tomorrow it would be very different again like the songs we're writing now are you know they've moved on from that again so yeah yeah we are proud of it yeah we're really proud great and great that you're looking forward as well to the next album that's good to hear um and looking forward still to april you've got a tour of the uk and ireland have you figured out the live band is it like move home figure figure out the move home first and then figure out the the touring well um we've all we played a few gigs last year with the band so um matt has played bass with us for a few years now and he lives in london and Josh uh lives in Ramsgate and he has played a few gigs and he's playing guitar. So um yeah, they're gonna be on tour with us and yeah, we're all set. Great, great. Uh well listen, thanks for chatting, thanks for talking through Paragon songs and best of luck with the move and best of luck with the tour and the album. Thanks. So thanks, much. Owen. Cheers. Thank you.